Hi, I'm Chelsea. And I'm Chris. And we are first-time parents. We are a mid-20s couple living on the east side of Seattle in Washington State. Our baby was born in the spring of 2020, and we are learning how to become parents while continuing our lives of outdoor adventure and home renovations. So come listen to our journey as we learn how to adapt parenting into our lives. Welcome back to the podcast. We have a super exciting episode because our baby is born. They're sitting here with us right now, and we are super excited to tell you their birth story. So first of all, we thought the whole time that we were having a girl, and when they were born, we were shocked, to be honest, that he's a little boy, but we're super excited about it, and obviously we love him just the same. And so his name is Jamie Theo Foster, and... He was 7 pounds, 15 ounces, and 21 inches long. So it's pretty exciting to uh, finally welcome him into this world. And we have been, we've had him for a few days now and learning how to become new parents. But this time, we're just going to tell you our birth story to kind of review how he came into the world and share our story because it was pretty exciting. So it started on um, the night of, I guess, the 29th into the 30th of April. So uh, I started like early labor around 2.30 in the morning going into Thursday. And I kind of like start like decided to stop working um, the day before. I was just thinking like, I don't really feel like doing this anymore. It's becoming a big hassle. And um, my due date was on Friday anyway. So I thought I'd just start taking vacation and hope that he would come soon so that, you know, wasn't a big deal. But anyway, so I went to sleep that night and woke up really early in the morning with contractions. And they were still really far apart, maybe 15 minutes or so. But uh, so I tried to go back to sleep a few times and just kind of handle them and see what would happen from there. But they just kept waking me up closer together um, around five or so. So I got up and came out into our living room and just kind of relaxed there um, so that I like wasn't making any noise or bothering Chris too much. And yeah, just kind of relaxed for a while. And then, yeah, they were coming every 15 minutes by the end of that morning. So that was like 6 a.m. I woke Chris up and I texted our doula. So since they were so far apart, I just texted her, didn't... Um, you know, tell her to come over yet or anything because it was pretty minor. And I woke Chris up and we went and got breakfast, which was really nice. Yeah, we got um, one of Chelsea's favorites, uh, Five Stone Coffee. Um, they make some really nice avocado toasts and some, you know, really yeah, great lattes, lattes and stuff. So that was fun. Yeah, it was a cool way to start it off because I still didn't really believe that I was, you know, going into full labor because so many people have just like um, portions of labor and it doesn't really continue. It might cut off and you might not have your baby for another week. So I didn't fully believe it, but it was cool because uh, we like got to go out to a nice breakfast. So uh, we drove there and kind of like by that time, it was like seven or so. The contractions had like really slowed down and they were like barely coming. Um, so I was hoping that, you know, they would come back, of course, so that we could continue on this process. 
And so we came back, ate our breakfast, and I decided it would be a good deal, good idea to not work and to just relax and like watch TV and hope that being in that relaxed state of mind would allow my body to pick up contractions again. So uh, we did that for a while. Both of us just kind of hung out on the couch and did some like simple chores around the house. And then um, I, they had, weren't really coming back still. So I started the miles circuit and did uh, did all that, but kind of shortened, like an abbreviated version. Uh, so it's like mainly three poses. And I just did each one for whatever like felt good. I didn't really like push it for the half an hour per pose that you were supposed to do. Uh, so, anyway, so I did that, but it didn't really kick up all that much. Um, and then I think it was like, I realized taking walks was what kicked up contractions more. So we actually took a few walks during that day and, and that would like start things up more. So they'd come for like, they'd be like 30 seconds long and come every like four minutes. I think it was something like that. So we took a few walks during that day, and then uh, coincidentally, we actually had our midwife visit that afternoon at 2.30. So in the morning, I was thinking, like, I'll call them and say, like, hey, I'm not coming for the appointment because I'm in labor and we'll be there in a few hours anyway. But it turns out that the contractions slowed down so much that that didn't happen. So we were keeping our doula updated, and... We basically just uh, just hung out until the appointment came around, and we went to that. And I told them I thought I was an early labor, um, but things had slowed down. So I was kind of asking for things to do, and we did uh, we did a cervical check, and I was at between two and three centimeters. And then we did a membrane sweep at the same time, and she said that pushed it to three. So it was like a pretty pretty solid three by the time we left there, but still fifty percent effaced. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so then after that we came back home and uh, again just like kept our doula updated and just kind of saw where things went I think we went on another walk like that was like the second or third one of the day and uh, that seemed to start contractions more do you remember when I started having them continuously it was like later that evening sometime Um. well it was the next day that Jenny came over. So I don't yeah, think that all happened on Thursday. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. So we came home from the visit. <clears throat> well then, so we were keeping we Jenny, were our doula, like up to date. Or so. And um, she asked if we wanted her to come over. And so we're, we're good friends with her. So I said, you know, well, yeah, you, you know, you only live 10 minutes down the road. So if you wanted to swing by, you know, and we'll just catch up or something and, you know, maybe you can see firsthand the progress and, um, you know, maybe we'll play a game or something while you're here. And she's pretty into games as we are. So I think we basically just invited her over to play a game. And I was thinking like, Oh, don't get your hopes up. Like, it seems like the like labor just keeps cutting out and it won't be today. But when she she got here, she was like on it. She's like, I have three coffees with me. Like we are having a baby. This is going to happen. And, she was like so confident and it really like boosted my spirits because I was like, Oh, okay. Like maybe we can do this like in the next day. I think what started your contractions continuously is that she 
brought an inflatable ball and had you like roll on it and like yeah, sit on that it. Was a big thing. And I think that's what really got them to start coming continuously. Yeah. And then um, she did a couple of poses from the mile circuit again with you. Um, and then, so at that point it kind of seemed like, you know, labor was not too far away. So I decided to call, um, one of our best friends who, um, was kind enough to come take our dogs and we, I just didn't want to deal with them, you know, in this situation. Yeah. Our dogs are still pretty young and rambunctious. So we knew that, um, we'd need someone to watch them so that I could progress through labor and not have their kind of distraction and then we you know we weren't sure how long we were gonna have to leave the house for so i called our friend and he lives um about an hour and a half away so he headed straight over and that was nice and so we kept um doing some exercises with jenny i think we went on another walk um in addition Mm -hmm. and then our friend showed up and uh he hung out for a little bit ended up taking the dogs um we were playing a board game a lot of it though yeah uh, and we were like just kind of making tea and some snacks and like the game would take a while because we'd take a little break to go on a walk or like you know we just kind of got caught up in conversation and that sort of thing so we were playing that game for like hours and um but she was our doula jenny was kind of saying that that helps progress labor because it like takes your mind off of focusing on whether another contraction is going to come or not and like gives you something else to focus on, but like be pretty relaxed. And then um, she had me doing just some things now and then. So I like did some lunges when we were outside on one of those walks. I sat on um, like the yoga ball and that definitely like brought on more. And then I think there was like a couple other little things that she had me do. Oh, and um, we picked up Clary Sage on the way home from the midwife. Mm -hmm. So I put Clary Sage, like, diluted on my belly. Um, so like, yeah. some people say that works. I mean, it might. I was willing to try it just because I, like, wanted our baby to come. Well, it's funny because you said that you just, like, when you were in the store, you, like, sniffed the Clary Sage and then had a contraction, like, immediately. Yeah, yeah. When we first got home, I was just, like, I'd never had Clary Sage before. So I was, like, oh, I wonder, like, what this smells like. And... It was like brought one on like right away. So I was like, okay, like I believe this works. Like let's, let's, you know, apply some and yeah, that was see, pretty that, funny. see what else happens. So then by that point it was getting kind of late. And so our friend left with the dogs. And um, so we decided that it would be a good idea to try to get some rest. So Chelsea tried to go to sleep. Yeah, so um, that was like right around 11. Mm-hmm. Um, I went to lay down. I was having contractions, but nothing like super serious, but I was really tired. So I figured, you know, the baby's not coming in an hour. So let's go to sleep and see if we can rest for this marathon that we were about to go on. So, um, you didn't, you weren't sleeping for very long. I don't think. Yeah. Yeah. I think I was in the bedroom for an hour or so, but it was, None of it was really, like, continuous sleep. It was, like, I'd drift off in between contractions, and then they'd come back. Yeah. And then it was actually – so they, they three were still, like, playing the game or, uh, like, hanging out or something. Yeah, we were just talking here on the couch. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah, so I was in the bedroom just, like, relaxing, drifting off a little bit, 
And then I started getting really strong contractions where I was like making noise with it because it was just like more painful and more serious. So I think they heard me then. So we came in and they, the contractions really started to ramp up really fast. Um, to the point where we were at two one one, um, which is contractions that last one minute long that are um, about two minutes apart. And, and well, the last ones just for like having happened for an hour. Right. So we weren't there yet. We were like ramping up to that quickly. Right. Um, and so that, that was like a little worrisome because we were supposed to um, call the birth center if she got to four one one, um, so we were like, "Well, wow, we're really on our way to two one one." I mean, that's you know, from where she was, that's like quite an improvement. So yeah, because when I went to lay down, like they were coming regularly, but they were still sporadic. So I think it was like, you know, one would be six minutes apart, and then the next would be two minutes apart, and it was kind of like back and forth in that range. So we we're like, oh well, we're not a consistent four, so we won't call the birth center. So I remember it was about one a.m. Um, on May first, and I called the birth center, and so they forwarded me to the midwife on call, and so then she answered, and I told her everything that was going on, and she asked me a couple questions, um, and then she said, well, you know, this is Chelsea's first birth. And, you know, so unless anything drastic happens, like her water breaks or it, you know, becomes even more intense than it already is or anything like that, um, then just stay home and try to rest um, because that'll really do you well, you know, at, at this time. Mm-hmm. But if, you know, if anything happens that or you don't feel comfortable with it, then just call me right back and then you can come into the birth center. So since it was 1 a.m., uh, we decided, all right, yeah, well, we'll just do what she says. You know, we'll give it a shot. So we continued laboring. And I think at we our- did like a variation of the mile circuit at that point. Yeah. So it was like super late for us. Like we're pretty early to bed usually. Yeah. So it was real late. And it was just me, Chris, and Jenny. And uh, I know they helped me like get through a lot of contractions just laying on my side in bed. And that was like, pretty good for me, like helped them actually come more and, but I could handle them well. And I remember like they were getting to the point where I like wanted to like squeeze someone's hand and like really like have help through it. Like I really didn't want to be alone anymore. Um, so it was nice. Cause like, you know, one or both of them were sitting with me and we were just kind of like managing getting through. And then I think after like an hour or two of that, yes. Jenny was like, we should, like get you up and like moving through some more things to make sure baby's in a good position and just kind of like progress even further mm-hmm. so that we kind of had a reason to go into the birth center. So, so um, we ended up doing another variation of the mile circuit and then it was three o'clock in the morning and her contractions actually started to slow down a little bit. Um, and then, so she but, was like, from my perspective, I like don't remember them actually slowing down at all. Like it seemed really intense at that time, but they but were no longer both of them like realized that they were slowing down a little bit. They were because they weren't anywhere close to two minutes apart. You were getting back closer to almost seven minutes apart. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and then so Chelsea rolled around on the ball a little bit, and they they were still, you know, 
pretty far apart. So we figured, okay, well maybe, you know, this is a good time to actually try to get some sleep. Um, so it was between three and four that we tried to go back to sleep and we woke up the next morning, um, in the seven o'clock so hour. I was still like having contractions, but I did get like pretty good stretches of sleep during that time. Like they it would wake me up and I'd have a really strong contraction, but there was like definitely some solid rest, which was super helpful for this whole process. Yeah. So it was just Chris and I like laid in our bed. So he got some rest too, which was mm-hmm. important. Yeah. And then Jenny hung out in like our living room and um, I like, I hope she slept. I think she did a little bit in that time frame as well. Yeah. So after that we woke up um, like just before seven, like six something. Well, so, and there were some, you know, missed calls and some texts from the midwife um, on both of our phones. And it was kind of funny because she said that normally when she gives people those instructions, they wait like 10 minutes and then call her right back and say that, you know, they want to come right to the birth center. And so she was really shocked that we didn't do that. And we actually followed her direction and she was worried that, you know, we had the baby at home or went to a hospital or something like that. Um, so, and obviously that wasn't the case. Yeah. Yeah. So we just continued laboring and, so we called her back um, and she asked, you know, how it was. And so we told her, you know, that we were able to rest. Um, but the contractions started picking up again and they started, you know, coming a little quicker. And so she asked if we wanted to come in, you know, and at least get checked and then, you know, see what we want to do from there. So we said, yeah, we'll see you at eight. So we hopped in the car. Um, Which and- I was super worried about because... I know Chris was worried that my water would break in the car since it hadn't yet. Yeah. And I was just worried about like the pain of riding in a car. Cause we have about a half an hour drive to the birth center. Like we didn't know how traffic would be. So I just expected it to be a half an hour. Cause that's, you know, with some traffic, that's where it would end up. And then, um, we were also trying to get me some food. Cause I had like hadn't eaten since maybe like four o'clock the day before. Mm-hmm. Um, besides like, like some electrolyte drinks and some simple things. So we decided to stop at my favorite smoothie shop as well. So that I knew that would make the ride even longer, but it seemed like a really good idea to get in those nutrients and have like something that would give me more energy to get through the day since we didn't really know how long it would be still. Yeah. So, and I had packed the bag um, the night before while Jenny was helping Chelsea through the contractions Mm -hmm. just for a brief stretch. So, um, yeah, so we, we were on our way. We, you know, stopped for a, you know, a couple smoothies and then um, kept going to the birth center, got there right around eight. Um, and they checked Chelsea and she was at six centimeters at that point. Yeah. And so we were pretty happy with that. You know, and at least it was progress. Something like 90%. Yeah. So, you know, that was. That seemed like a lot of progress yeah. for how much work I'd done. I was like pretty happy with that. It was good. And then. Pretty much right after, like Jenny had warned us of this, um, but they asked me if they could break my water because it hadn't broken yet and we had already done a lot of work to get to where we are um, and like basically when you break the water, then it allows the contractions to ramp up even more and you to progress further. So they seemed like they thought it was a good idea to break my water and just allow that progression to happen rather than making me kind of labor even more hours and have to wait for it to happen naturally. And I was totally okay with that because 
you know, you only have so much energy for the day. And I knew there was still a lot of work ahead of me. So it seemed like a good idea to just break the water and allow it to continue um, to progress so that, you know, we could see our baby sooner. Right. So they broke her water and then um, we had to walk around outside and um, do some lunges and stuff like that for about a half an hour. Yeah. It seemed like such a big prescription because I was like already in a lot of, not like a ton of pain, but I was like very uncomfortable and like everything felt very taxing. So like, I was happy they'd break my water, but then they told me like, okay, like go walk around for half an hour. I was like, oh, great. Like that sounds like it could be difficult, but Chris and Jenny really helped me through. So, you know, it was like fun and it was a gorgeous day, super sunny out and felt really warm to me. So I was like happy out there. It felt good. It was really nice to be outside. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then, so we came back in and Chelsea got in the, um, Oh, the that tub? Was, yeah, it was like a reward because the, the midwife told me that she would start filling up the tub while we were out walking around and mm-hmm. then it'd be ready for me to get in when I got back. So I was like kind of using that as a little motivation to think like, okay, like after you walk around and do all this work to progress, then you get to relax in the tub. Although I guess I didn't really think about that. Relaxing in the tub is nice, but it's not the same when you're in labor because you're still doing a ton of work and, you know, going through all that pain. So... Yeah, it was, like, good and bad. So I got in and, um, yeah, just, like, hopped it. Well, not hopped, but, you know, slowly stepped into the tub. And we, like, continued laboring there. And that was when things got very, like, um, I don't know, I guess, like, somewhat emotional and, like, more serious. Because we were at the birth center. Like, we knew we were going to meet our baby, like, within the next maybe like 12 hours. I don't know what they expected, but I knew it was like coming sooner than, and I think we like put on my birth playlist, got some music going. They just like had my drinks nearby me so I could like stay as comfortable and hydrated as possible. And yeah, I was just kind of like laying back, you know, dealing with the contractions one by one in the tub. And that was like a really cool time. Yeah. Yeah. So so I think, I don't know how long I was in there. I think this is when my like time perception totally went out the window. I think they gave me a few uh, time updates during the whole labor, but I just had no idea because the contractions were coming every two minutes. And uh, our midwife said that that was about as close as they would get, you know, coming every two minutes and lasting like a minute or longer, just because, you know, your body can't handle any less rest than that. So that's about as like close as they get. Yeah. And, you know, naturally your body will only, you know, push you to what you can handle. Um, the only time really that it should be the case where that, you know, wouldn't happen is if they, if you like get induced or they give you Pitocin or something like that, right. then maybe they can like come. Artificial. Yeah. They can come quicker and you can't handle it. Um, but anyway, so we got there at eight and I was thinking, oh, we'll probably have this baby by noon. You know, I figured like four hours once we got yeah. to the birth center, especially once, you know, I found out that they were going to break her water. I thought right. that four hours would be sufficient for the rest of it. Um, but anyway, so it wasn't. Um, <laughs> it ended up being uh, a little chunk longer than that. Yeah. So uh, she kept laboring and she was in the tub for at least an hour, I think maybe more. Yeah. For the first time. Oh, yeah. I think it was a And few. then she got out of the tub and got on the bed, and they put her in all these different positions. Mm-hmm. Um, and Yeah, I think I was sidelined for a while because 
we knew that at home that that was helping me progress. So I um, laid on my side on either side and um, kept going like that to try to just like progress further. Mm-hmm. And then, then they put you back in the tub. Yeah. I think I asked to go back in just uh-huh. because I was like getting more and more uncomfortable. So I was like hoping like somewhat floating in the water would help a little bit. And I know the next time I got back in the tub, I like tried being on like my hands and knees. It was more so in that like uh, front down position mm-hmm. to do a lot of the laboring then. And I think, I mean, it helped. It was like, everything was uncomfortable at that point. Like my back hurt. Obviously, like the contractions just hurt in your lower belly. And then my hip flexors started getting super tight. So I was like stretching it out and trying to just like move however I could to uh, to like find some comfort in this process. Because this is when it was getting like much, much harder. Right. And so while she was in the tub, um, it had been a while. I think it was probably afternoon by now not probably not one o'clock but after 12 Mm -hmm. and so the midwife came in and they checked her progress again and they said that she was at an eight oh but before this like so i didn't really want to be checked at that point because i was just so uncomfortable and i remember like kind of turning down them checking just because i knew like it would put me in discomfort and then i might have a contraction during the check so i was kind of like pushing away and I don't know. I just like didn't really want them to check me, but I was like getting in more pain and I didn't really feel the urge to push. So like eventually we, I just kind of like had to let them, but I remember it was because um, like, I, so I was in a ton of pain at that point and I didn't really know how I was going to finish since, you know, we weren't there yet. We weren't, I wasn't getting the urge to push. I knew I was over an hour out. Um, so then Chris had asked me if I wanted to get the gas, which is the nitrous oxide. Mm -hmm. And I I was thinking like, I don't really want to do that. I'm not sure. But I think there was just like one contraction where I was like, all right, like there's no way I can make it to the end if I don't have something to give me a little relief. Yeah. I was thinking that the nitrous would really just give her a rest. um, So that way, like, did you know that? Like I didn't really know how it would affect me. Well, so I was figuring that it would give you enough of a break because you weren't ready to push because you didn't feel the urge to push. Right. So, and you were kind of struggling through the end there because it was so painful. So I was thinking that it would give you a little time to rest because you didn't sleep very much the night before and you really didn't eat very much except for the one smoothie, you know, since four o'clock the day before. So, Oh, and I had thrown that up by this point. Yeah. When I was in the tub, I like threw up. Uh, at least half the smoothie. So I was thinking that the uh, nitrous would give you some opportunity to rest. And then, you know, hopefully it could like carry you through till like 10 centimeters. And then, you know, you'd, you know, have a little bit of energy to actually start pushing again. Um, so um, the midwife agreed to give her the gas if she checked her and she wasn't close to 10. She said if she was a nine or a nine and a half, then they wouldn't give her the gas. They would tell her to start pushing. Oh, okay. So you didn't tell me that part at the time. You just said you have to get checked in order to get the gas to like make sure it's safe or something like that. Right. Yeah. And so that was the the contingency there. So um, she decided to get checked and she was only at eight. So then they agreed, okay, well then, you know, that's a good plan. 
Okay, so I got checked in the tub. Was it eight centimeters? And decided that I wanted the gas to uh, to like help, you know, with the pain a little bit. Um, but she said eight centimeters in the tub isn't like a super good. Uh, what's the word? Reading. Yeah, I guess just like reading on the dilation, just because you're in the tub and like you know you can't get like a super good feel for it. Um, so she's like, you might be a little bit further, but anyway, like, let's get you out of the tub and onto the bed so that you can just like lay down for a little bit and start the gas then. So I remember thinking at this part, like I had considered like going to the hospital. I had considered like how it would be different if I was like getting other pain medication or just like an epidural or whatever else, like in my head, I considered that in so many different times just because like every contraction felt so impossible. And by that point I was literally going like breath to breath. It was like in earlier stages, you go like, all right, like I can do one more contraction. Like, this is fine. I got one more. And you just like keep telling yourself that. But at this point it was like each breath in the contraction. I was like, okay, like just like breathe again, like take another deep breath, exhale again. And like, that's how I was getting through. So that's kind of how I knew like, all right, you know, you can only do so many more, one more breaths. And yeah, I just like, it it was getting really hard. So I got the nitrous, um, like side lying in bed. And I also remember thinking that like when I was in the tub, like, I hope that it's only a few contractions until they can get it set up because I knew like our midwife had told us before, if we ever, if we wanted to do a hospital transfer just for like pain bypass, then it would probably take hours. You know, the, uh, the hospital is only two minutes up the street. So we'd get there really quick, but the process of being admitted and seeing the doctor and having them evaluate you and then actually getting an epidural would take at least two hours, maybe even more these days because of coronavirus going on. So there would be like more checks involved. So I remember thinking, well, that is a ton of contractions I would have to go through before I could even get something to numb the pain more. So that's kind of what convinced me to think like, well, that's really not worth it. You know, like having to go through all that trouble to transfer and then like still enduring all this pain along the way. So that was like one of the things that kept me in the birth center when I was like doubting myself. Um, But I also never said it out loud. I said like, this is really hard and like, you know, it's just, it hurts a lot, but I never said like, I can't do this or like, I want to switch or anything like that. Um, just because, you know, when you say something out loud, it really manifests it to happen. And I didn't want to do that if I could help it. So I switched to the bed, was laying there with the nitrous. I remember the first contraction didn't feel any better once I was like breathing it. It's, um, it's a tube that they give you. And she told me only I'm allowed to hold it and you have to breathe it in through your mouth. And then, it only works for about 20 seconds uh, for each breath you take. So you, you know, try to do a deep inhale and breathe it the whole time, like during the contraction. And then, you know, you can take it away and just breathe normally when you can. And it's totally up to the person using it. So I was laying in bed with that. And I remember feeling like super strange just because I've never been hooked up to anything like that before. I've never had any like breathing mask or tube or anything like that so it felt really odd to me um but I was just like hopeful that it would help as much as possible so yeah the first contraction was still really bad and I thought like well this isn't helping at all but then after that I like realized it started to make me super sleepy so that every contraction still hurt a ton 
but I was like drifting off in between them, which would just amaze me because before it just felt like, okay, like this is my recovery period. Like this is, you know, when I can catch my breath and be not in like a hundred percent pain. But then with the nitrous, I was literally like falling asleep. So that was like a nice, uh, nice improvement. And I think this is the time when you like got some snacks and stuff because I mm-hmm. was yeah. resting a little bit more. Yeah. So, cause I had, hadn't really eaten anything yet that day because, uh, the midwife accidentally knocked over my smoothie while I was like 80% full. Um, so then that was trash. So, uh, <laughs> I was kind of bummed about that, but <laughs> I mean, what are you going to do? So yeah, I was pretty starving. I mean, my stomach was like audibly growling and, uh, Chelsea was resting a little bit, um, side lying on the bed. So I, I got up there with her and I had three, uh, chomp sticks, which is like a healthier beef jerky <laughs> and, um, like Slim Jim. And, um, yeah, so I actually like fell asleep for a little bit. We were there for about an hour. Um, oh, was that how long I was? Yeah. Yeah. So I guess I was just like dealing with contractions and like trying to dilate more as in a restful position as possible. Mm-hmm. And, um, but I, I remember realizing he was asleep, but I was like, so sleepy myself. I didn't care. And like, I was still like squeezing his fingers for every contraction and he just like wouldn't wake up for some of them, which was a little bit laughable, even though I was in a lot of pain, I was still like laughing to myself that he could sleep through me, like <laughs> squeezing the crap out of his hand. <laughs> so it's like kind of funny at the time. Yeah. So yeah, I think I was, I like started on my left side and then switched to my right side or maybe the other way. It was uh yeah, it was every, well, for each half hour piece. Yeah. Um, they they put sure. you on a different side so that you would continue dilating uh, evenly. Right. And so then after an hour you were like, basically 10 centimeters um so it was uh like nine and a half is what they told me and i was kind of confused because i was like nine and a half i was like does that mean i start pushing or does that mean like we wait just like a little bit longer like no one really told me so i was a little confused about like what to do at that point well so they put you in a birthing stool and they told you to basically to start pushing wait wasn't i on the um uh it's like a blow-up thing i leaned over didn't i do that first maybe I'm pretty sure yeah. I did. I think they told me like I needed to dilate in the like forward direction a little bit more. Like they were kind of checking how much dilated I was in each direction. Mm-hmm. And they, I think they said like towards the front, like on my belly side, I could dilate a little bit more. And that, I guess that's where like the half centimeter was. Mm-hmm. So they put me over this big blow up, like, Kind of like a blow-up chair, but it didn't have yeah. a back. Yeah, yeah. It was like a crescent shape, and I'm sure it has a name in, like, the birthing world, but, you know, most people listening to this won't actually know the name, as we don't either. Um, so anyway, so I leaned over this thing. So it was like I was on all fours, but I had, like, a support under my chest. So I leaned over that, and I remember, like, that's this whole time, for the most part, I had been breathing in through my nose or mouth and exhaling really strong. And that's like what helped me deal with contractions the best, um, which was surprising. Cause I thought like making a lot of noise and being loud would help. That's like what I had heard in a lot of birth stories. But for me, um, it was way more manageable when I would just 
inhale as much as I could and exhale as strongly as I could. And I tried to like inhale through my nose as much as possible, just because that's a lot more restorative. And when I couldn't, I would inhale through my mouth. And then of course, when I got on the nitrous, I like had to inhale through my mouth if I wanted, you know, that pain management. Uh, so anyway, so I was on this blow up thing and that's when I like felt like I couldn't even do this anymore. So I was like just starting to like yell and groan just cause it was so, so painful. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was like moving a lot. I like rocked through every contraction just to like, I don't know, hopefully find some relief and like be able to manage it a little bit more. So I don't know, maybe I was on that for like not very 20 long. 20 minutes or something. Yeah, I don't even think that long. Yeah. And then that's when they brought out the birthing stool and asked if I'd want to try that. And I was like, I guess so. It was kind of like, you know, whatever you guys think. I yeah. don't really know. Yeah. And so she put you on the birthing stool so that she could um, check to make sure that, like, everything felt good, you know, like, for you to begin pushing. Right, right. And so you did that. She checked you. She said... Um, that you should begin pushing right um and so i think you started pushing on the birthing stool because i was sitting behind you right and um so then it began and uh i don't think really much progress happened on the birthing stool yeah i don't think we're there all that long Mm -mm. only like five ten minutes and um then they put you back up on the bed and so I went back onto that blow up thing on the bed, I think. Yeah. And you started were... pushing and like, like on all fours basically. Yeah. So you're like doing that for a while longer. I right. If you remember any like details of that. Um, you were doing that. And um, I think they, they wanted to, like make sure that the head was coming through the cervix. And I think that they could feel that there was like a lip on the cervix. That when they figured it out? Yeah. That, okay. that wasn't letting the baby's head come through. So she would push and it would push against this lip, but then she would stop pushing and it would kind of just suck the baby back in. Right. So all the pushing she had done at this point was kind of wasted. Like it didn't like progress. It just didn't do just anything. His head kept getting caught in the lip. So they had her lay on her side and they propped her one leg up. Um, and they were trying to like work his head past the lip. Um, and she pushed on her laying on her side for a couple minutes. And then, um, so that actually worked and they could, you know, I think the midwife actually, she said that this isn't like, necessarily recommended by all professionals it's kind of it has like mixed opinion on like whether or not you should do it or not but she said that she was okay she felt comfortable doing it because it would lead to a quicker birth um, and less painful in the long run so she kind of just like helped the head past the the lip on the cervix with her finger yeah she was kind of like opening up and like maneuvering everything around um, to like create a smoother path. I yeah. Think. Which, you know, was great because she said that if she hadn't done that, then Chelsea would have gotten there, but it would have been like two more hours of pushing on top of what she already did mm-hmm. just to, you know, get past that point. Mm-hmm. So we were okay with, you know, everything that she wanted to try. Yeah. Um, well, and it seemed to make sense too. Cause then she was like manually stretching me and I had known from like, reading other things that some people think that helps you not tear mm-hmm. because you're like stretching it in advance, not just the like last few moments when the baby's coming out. 
So the baby started coming down the cervix, and then they realized that they thought that the baby was... Um, like previously, they thought he was face down. Which is the way they're supposed to be. Right. And so once he got his little head through the cervix, then she could tell that he was actually face up. And so that... That's like a little bit more problematic, and it's not as easy a path of travel. Right. And that, you know, could make sense for why, you know, it he wasn't pushing his head through the cervix, you know, on his own easier. So once she saw that, then she knew that, you know, the best bet would be to try to spin him. Um, so, on his way out. so at this point it started getting a little more fast paced. So all, during every contraction, our midwife assistant was um, taking a fetal heart rate with the Doppler. Mm-hmm. So I remember being super annoyed that she kept like jabbing this thing into my belly when I was already really uncomfortable. But it was like, I knew like it was part of the process and they have to like keep an eye on him, but it like felt so annoying at the time. Yeah. And so I didn't really know any of this because I, you know, I've never been to a birth before, but apparently when you push, you're like stunning the baby a little bit. And then when you stop pushing, then you like, they're supposed to recover. And so you can tell that with their heartbeat because you know, so she would push and his heartbeat would like drop down, you know, so slow like 90 to 110. And then, those numbers. and then they would, she would let off and you could hear on the Doppler, it'd be like a slower heartbeat, like closer to a, an adults. And then all of a sudden it would just like pick back up, you know, to, you know, whatever theirs is like yeah, a lot uh, higher. Yeah. Well, his was normally 140 at our visits, but okay. I think it would only pick up to like 120 or yeah. somewhere around there. And so that was really crazy to, to hear, you know, out loud because you're sitting there and you can like literally hear his heart, like yeah. get like bogged cool down by the pushing. And then like a minute later, then it would like pick back up and he would recover. But so there was a lot of pushing. So there was a lot of like recovering and, Um, There was one point where they were concerned because they couldn't find his heartbeat, um, but they didn't think that he stopped breathing. They just figured maybe like he was in a position where they just couldn't find it that one time. But that was pretty stressful in the moment because they were kind of freaking out and like, you know, you you know, I can't do anything in this moment because it's all up to them. So that was really crazy. Um, And then so since they found out that he was facing the wrong way. Then they needed to, to spin him, so they kept telling Chelsea to go in different positions. So she would like labor on her side, and then she would labor on her like hands and knees, and then she would labor on her back. Yeah, it was like so much switching. They and like that's like the last time you want to like move. Like everything feels so difficult. So I'm pretty sure like Chris and Jenny were basically just like throwing me into positions, and I was like trying to like lumber into it Mm -hmm. and we were just trying to switch as fast as possible before the next contraction would come and then i'd have to like be ready to push again and so then at the the very end um he was like most of the way turned as he was coming down his head started to come out and so they put her on her back and they had jenny and i each grabbed a leg and we like held her leg, like her knee, like her leg was bent her and her knee was towards her chest. And then, so she would grab the backs of her legs and then push. And, um, so he was coming out and so he would like, his little head would come out, you know, some started realizing he had the umbilical cord. So his little head would come out and then, um, Chelsea would like stop pushing and then he would like get sucked back in. 
and they they were acting like a little strange they were thinking that that wasn't typical like normally they get sucked back in but he was really getting sucked back in and so then she pushed really hard and he got like more of his head out and then so the midwife could i think she could see or feel that um he had his umbilical cord like thrown over his shoulder. Yeah, like a like a sash or something. So um, that made more sense then because then she would stop pushing and the umbilical cord would like pull him back in right. um, extra. So at that point, there wasn't anything she could do about it. Um, and so there's like pushing and then waiting for him to recover. And this keeps going on. And so then it got really intense and they were concerned that the baby would not be able to do this forever because his head was like being clamped this whole time. Um, just, you know, cause it was like right down there and she was still working on, you know, getting his head out. And so there was a lot of head pressure for him and he was recovering slower, but he was still recovering. But they said that he was recovering slower because, you know, it's so much harder on his systems when his whole head is being squished. Um, so it got really intense and really fast paced and Jenny, um, helped Chelsea like do one more breath during a contraction to push. Um, yeah, that was like a big thing. Like I remember they want you to do like three to four pushes, I think is like ideal during each contraction, but I really only like one felt hard two felt like the max. And then like Chris and Jenny were cheering me on and like telling me to do another. So they really like were the reason that I got a third one in like ever. And I think I did a lot, but I mean, it's just, it felt so difficult, but they're like cheering definitely helped me get the third one in when during each contraction. So we'd make that much more progress. Right. And so part of the reason why we chose a birth center is because, you know, they try to do this process as natural as possible. And so part of that is like to not, cut a woman open to help get the baby out. Yeah. Um, I think, I think they said their episiotomy rate is around 3% right now. And which was really uplifting to me when I heard it, you know, months ago. So typically when you have an episiotomy that does not heal as quickly or as nicely as if you tear naturally, because when you tear naturally, the like pieces of flesh go back together like a puzzle piece and they just like fit back together. And so then like everything's like pretty much perfectly lined up and then it can heal that way. Whereas if you take scissors and you cut skin, then it might not be like perfectly exactly where it was, it's you know, lined up. Line. It's already a straight line and you'll definitely have way worse of a scar for sure. So in that moment with all the pushing and the recovery and, and everything, and it was getting really, really intense and fast paced. And you could tell that the midwives were, you know, they were anxious and really uncomfortable, you know, as well with the situation. So the uh, head midwife said to the midwife assistant, like, get me the suture scissors. So I was like, holy crap, they're going to cut her open. Like, this is intense. And I, mean, I had no idea at the time. I was so like immersed in the process that I didn't even hear that. I had no idea. And so while the midwife assistant was getting them, Chelsea like pushed the hardest she had ever pushed yet. And the midwife uh, put her two um, big fingers on each hand, like around the baby's head. And so while Chelsea was pushing like for a third or fourth breath, she just like pulled his little head and just pulled him out. 
And so then he was out. Um, and that was cool. And she kind of like threw him up on Chelsea's chest. And so he like virtually all came out at once. It wasn't like head and then like, yeah, like body on the next contraction. No, yeah, because his head was never sticking out separately. Yeah. So I guess it was like his whole human came yeah. out during one. His contraction. whole human came out. Yeah. <laughs> and so she threw him up on the chest and said, Somebody talk to that baby. And he hadn't, you know, started breathing yet. Um, but it was only a couple seconds. Um, so we started talking to him and then she like patted his back while we were talking to him. And then he, you know, spit out all the amniotic fluid and started breathing and crying. And, and then, so then it's such a surreal moment. Yeah. This actual human is on your chest and you're just so, so stunned. It seems unreal. It was very shocking. Like I, it was like, what, what is going on right now? This is like really strange. (laughs) <laughs> it's a strange feeling because yeah. you don't ever experience anything like that before. Right. And that's so, it's not often talked about in our society. So like, you know, you know, it'll be an amazing moment, but you have no idea what it'll be like. Yeah. You get there and it's just totally different than you ever could have expected. You know, and it's crazy. like the umbilical cord was like trailing back inside of her. So it right. was just like so crazy. It was like this teeny little pale baby on a leash kind of. Yeah. And it's like this, you just feel the cord hanging back in. Yeah. So that was odd. Uh, So they told me in advance that, um, that they were going to give me this herbal tincture, which kind of helps your body um, finish contracting and not bleed too much. So that's like in a shot, which is something we do normally. They're just like an herbal. um, Like not a shot in the arm, like a shot glass. Like, right. Yeah. Like you take a shot glass um, of a drink. So they told me that like well before and I was like, yep, like that's totally fine. Like I'm pretty big into herbs anyway, so I'm cool with that. But then um, I forget when exactly, but some point like towards the end, uh, our midwife had told me that she felt like I was pushing so hard that my uterus might like get lazy after he comes out. And then that could lead to um, too much bleeding or the placenta not wanting to come out. So she asked if it was okay if she gave me a like a needle shot of pitocin, and since it would be after he came out, like I was totally fine with that because it made sense. It sounded like a you know more serious medical thing at that point with everything else going on. So she actually didn't give it to you until uh, we wanted to leave him like attached to the placenta until all the you know, blood was pumping. Right, till the cord pumped out. And so the cord pumped out kind of quick. It was like seven, seven minutes. minutes. Is what they said. So then um, they asked me if I wanted to cut the cord, and I said no, they can do it because <laughs> they're they're professionals, and I wanted to comfort Chelsea. So, you know, I it, it just it wasn't like a thing for me that I really wanted to do. I honestly, before all this, I thought I was going to catch the baby, but with how intense the moment was, like that just wasn't an option. Right, and that was totally fine. Yeah, that was fine too because of the situation. So anyway, um, so they cut the cord and then they gave her the shot of pitocin. So there was no way that he would have, you know, been able to have any of it anyway. Mm-hmm. And then, so um, placenta came out pretty quickly after, and yeah, everyone says that it's pretty easy to deliver, and I was like hoping that was true, and thankfully it was. It was like uh, a fraction of the difficulty to push. Compared mm-hmm. to pushing him out, like so, so much easier. And it just kind of comes out all at once, like one push and you're done. So I think we had been paying attention to him for about 10 or 15 minutes and they took him back. Um, and we were just so overwhelmed and in the moment that we didn't even check to see like what sex he was. Um, 
Oh, yeah, they had him on, like, the end of the bed at this point, right? So they took him to do, like, a little exam and make sure that, you know, he was all right and he had all of his fingers and toes and all that stuff. And so they took him down to the end of the bed. And while he was down at the end of the bed, uh, his little leg was, like, up in the air. And Chelsea was like, are you a boy? <laughs> and I was, that. And I was, like, so, so surprised. And that was just, like, how it came out. And my reaction at the time was too funny. Yeah. And they, I think, like, a couple of you guys laughed at me. And we're like, yep, he's a boy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so that was really crazy. And... So they gave him the vitamin K shot. Yeah, that that was later on, and mm-hmm. it was like newborn checkup. But yeah, we did do the vitamin K shot um, to that like prevents bleeding in like the early part of life. Mm-hmm. Um, we did not do the gonorrhea eye the stuff. eye antibiotic. <laughs> um, and yeah, so they checked him over, and they said that he was really healthy. Um, given the circumstances and that his head was ultra cone shaped and it yeah, would... his head was so, so long, it yeah. was like super elongated and it would take it a couple weeks to come Definitely. back. Yeah. He has a, a little bruise on the tippy top of his head from all that, but which is he, healing. Even we're five days in now and it is improved so, so much. His head is nearly normal, like completely round shaped. Yeah. Yeah. It healed really quickly, so I'm super happy for that, too. Right. And so that was pretty much it. Um, they yeah. they cleaned Chelsea up, and they made sure that she could go to the bathroom, and they helped her with that. And then um, they put her in some clean clothes, and then they wanted her to eat something. Oh, yeah, the, our birth center. You only hang out for a couple hours after birth, but they uh, they require that you eat before you go home. So we brought all different things that it was like leftovers in our fridge. And the things that sounded the best to me was this salad from like a local shop that we had had leftover from the day before. So I ate like half a salad, uh, a few blue corn chips and an orange in that like uh, maybe an hour or two after I gave birth. And it all tasted so good. I was like so exhausted and hungry and it was just super nice and Chris like got it all and fed it to me while I was laying in bed. So he came at two 58 in the afternoon. Yeah. So this was probably like three 30 or maybe a little after that even. Oh yeah. It was over an hour after he came. Yeah. So after four. Yeah. We both held him for that time. And, uh, yeah. So everything went really well. Like, you know, given the circumstances, we're super happy with the experience and it was very nice, very smooth. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, I definitely recommend the natural process. Mm-hmm. You know, the um the personal care was just unmatchable by, you know, a regular hospital. Yeah. Everyone felt so in it. They felt like really dedicated to the process and to like me and making sure I was safe and as comfortable as possible. Um I just super appreciated that mm-hmm. too get me through and it felt like everyone was cheering me on the whole time. The next day, the midwife that delivered him came to our house um, and like did another checkup and reweighed him and everything like that. Right. They come um, check on you 24 hours later just to make sure that breastfeeding's going like, okay. And he's doing all right. And I'm doing okay. Yeah. So and they just check on everything and make sure that you know what to do and all that. Yeah. Answer any questions. But I thought that the, um, the most amazing part about it was just the, the sheer shock that I was in and like 
the the intimate beauty of childbirth. I mean, it was really incredible. And I think that the movies don't do it justice because it doesn't (laughs) happen. It doesn't happen that, you know, your water breaks in a restaurant and then you just like give birth in the back of a taxi and then it's fine. (laughs) And you could like go home then (laughs) like that. It's not even close to, you know, what, (laughs) what it would be. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, it's just surreal. But anyway, uh, I hope you enjoyed listening to our birth story. It was, uh, quite amazing for us and yeah um i'm glad you listened because it's fun i'm glad we could share it so yeah anything else no i think that's pretty much it stay tuned and we'll tell you about how it is being first time parent yeah yeah parent episodes ahead all right thanks guys see ya